Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvia, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Bill in Gray's Lake here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Billy? I want to roll with it. Billy. Hello. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Hey, uh, great to talk with you guys. I'm honored that you uh, are doing to talk to such experts. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. I feel like I've gotten more information out of that than I have in a long time listening, listening for weeks, you know, months on this stuff. It places the lotion in the basket. They do a ledger board where you got your pros on one side, cons on the other. It almost comes down like... 50-50 from what we're hearing and whether to uh, you know, stay with Justin and move on. What the f- in the basket? I thought, uh, I, I didn't Catchy put you... Oh, yeah, that's his theme music, you know? isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, again, when I didn't put two and two together. You and um, Meller were thinking about it oh, yeah. when we were talking to him right away. I just didn't think Meller would go there, but he just blurted it out. As I soon honestly as... couldn't focus on any of yeah. Bill's points because all I was thinking about yeah. was Silence of the Lambs as he was speaking. And yeah. Because I thought he was pranking us. I thought we, what I was focused on was I thought he was putting us on. I thought it was a caller who was putting us on the whole time, and I was getting ready for the Baba Booey or something like that. Yeah, but he's like he was—he was—he was on his p's and q's. He was probably he had a just, good lucid point, and, yeah. and it's good conversation. He just—he sounded like Buffalo Bill. He was distracted at first because yeah. he has someone, you know, trapped stop in his it. basement. You stop it! That's the best. Is how he started the call too. Like, yeah, like he was muttering to somebody down in the well. Uh, Meller, like, it took me a day then, too. I didn't know until the day after that his name was Bill. I know. I heard you guys talking about it in Crosstalk <laughs> yesterday. You were dialed in on the radio show. <laughs> you were dialed in. To, dialed in on yeah. Bears quarterback debate. Right. Caleb Williams should Justin, Justin stay Fields. or should Justin go? Is that Buffalo, Bill? <laughs> is that Buffalo? Hey, it is our great pleasure to welcome back not only just a true legend, but uh, a great friend. A great friend. A great friend. And uh, I, I always, when watching the Buffalo Bills, think of him. Think of him numerous I, times. I think of Marv Levy, and I think of this guy. Do you really? I do. In that order? Uh, no, I think of him first and then Marv Levy. Because I want him to see the Bills win the Super Bowl. Yes. I want him to celebrate. Yes. And uh, Mark Jean Greco deserves that. Uh, Mark Jean Greco joins his old buddies Waddle He's and Sylvie. He's a Sylvie champion to us. On the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Marky! What's up, champ? Oh, my long-lost brothers. Thanks so much, man. It's great to be back with you. I wouldn't rather be anywhere than this place right here, right now. Thanks Absolutely. For- Are you going to jump on a table for us? You know what? I heard you guys earlier. I really missed the boat. I seriously, I'm not kidding, considered coming down there and standing on the sidewalk yeah. and doing this interview right in front of the State Street studio. That would have been great. Uh, and at the same time, I could, you know, shoot a frozen, you know, pressed ham against the window next door. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Now, I would, I would, I'd be I, afraid I would that your pressed it. ham would get stuck to the glass. Yeah, it would, you know, just like my tongue, yeah, on the yeah. pole. You know, I should have just jumped off the top of the L entrance on a table. Yes. Well, you know, see, I'm just getting weak in my old age. Well, you just, you, you know what, your attention is somewhere else. Back in the day, that would have been a perfect bit. Yeah, and Sylvia, you said I'm not allowed within a block of the building. I'm going to have to go reread the non-disclosure clause. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Jeez, it's like, just oh, no. guesstimating. Do I have to register? <laughs> you know? Jeez. I think, I think the sidewalk is public property right there. Yeah, in front of the window. Yeah. Look, yep. yeah, I wish but, you were you know, in hey, studio. Hey, if I would have run into somebody I didn't need to see, that would have been a problem. Yeah. You know? We want this to be a joyous and happy yes, reunion. Yes. So we didn't, we didn't need any negative. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but a little vengeance isn't bad. That's like true. I tell everybody. <laughs> I think it fuels you. Yeah, ninety-five percent of my life is great, and the, I need to keep that negative energy—that five percent of burning hate. You know, so that's what keeps you going, running on hate for a little bit. There's nothing wrong with it. It's always fueled you. What did you always say? Uh, uh, flames of hate, or what was the line that you always uh, used? Scorch the landscape with flames of hate. Yeah. 
But that now was, what you're doing is is you're enjoying retirement and your 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 grandkids and you're traveling and life is beautiful for Mark Gianco. Oh man, I'm going across the country, around the world. My four grandkids, my sons, their wives, my high school buddies, my college buddies. I'm on a plane every three weeks. It's great, and, and I'm always going to keep uh, Chicago as my base, but. Man, this is the time to just go nuts, you know. And this is an opportunity that you probably didn't get a lot of, uh, you know, these these opportunities are now available because you were working seven days a week through the course of many, many months because of the sports landscape. Uh, I look back, you know, you and I talked. I appreciated you calling me last week and we had a great conversation. I can't believe that I worked like 40 years at night. Yeah. You believe that? So I missed everything. I missed. Dinner, homework, teachers' conferences, bedtime, all that stuff. So playing catch-up, it's never yeah. too late. It's never too late. It's awesome. Amen to that. So uh, how, do you, yeah. how, how do you feel about this weekend? Well, look, you know, at 6-6, six and six, being the Bills fan that I am and being Mr. Negative, half glass, always, you know, half <laughs> empty, um, I'm like, okay, they're done. Forget it. It's over. And so then they go on this run, and I just decided I'm going to be more positive about this. Why not? And here's the thing. This is so evenly matched, it's crazy. We're going to get another dump of snow. The weather's going to be terrible. doesn't matter. Chiefs play in frigid conditions in Arrowhead all the time. Mahomes, oh, first playoff game on the road. doesn't matter. He's Patrick Mahomes. Allen Mahomes, so evenly matched. You look at all the stats, they're practically identical. The key is if the Bills, meaning Josh Allen, don't turn it over, they're going to win. They've got a gallant defense that's missing maybe four starters. That's going to be a problem. The Chiefs have a great defense. Uh, the Bills have, you know, two great tight ends and a running back now finally. And this sounds like a contradiction, but Allen needs to carry the Bills on his back and maybe run for a couple big touchdowns. Yeah. But he also needs to just give what he's, you know, take what he's offered. He can't play hero because that's when he throws the picks or fumbles. So, I think it's going to go down the wire. It's going to be epic. This is a better quarterback matchup than than Manning and Brady ever was. I mean, really? this is, I think so. This is so awesome. Uh, Bill's mafia has got Mark, to be a factor. Mark, with that said, because of the reasons you mentioned, because the, like the Chiefs' defense is is fantastic, and you know B- Buffalo, their defense isn't healthy, but the Chiefs' offense isn't what it once was. And when these teams met earlier in the year, it was a 2017 game. I I wouldn't be shocked at all if this wasn't a shootout, but was another one of these 2017, you know, 2320 types of games. I mean, could be with James Cook and you know Isaiah Pacheco. He's angry. I mean, these are two great backs. It could come down to that. I just hope officiating is not an issue. This is the absolute worst year of officiating in the history of the NFL. Something has to be done about it because I think you could argue that there have been calls and non-calls that have affected every single game played this year. And teams and coaches have had to make in-game adjustments due to the officiating. And I'm also hoping that Kadarius Toney freezes his toes and goes numb and he's offsides again (laughs) because... I don't want to see another hook and ladder. But remember, the Chiefs still had an opportunity and plenty of time to score after that. So, whatever. I don't know if that's a valid argument. But listen, I heard a little bit of crosstalk, and you're really scaring me. Yeah. You really are. <laughs> I was a little, I was a little I mean, embarrassed, too. Did it get dark? Yeah. Um, we, we, we go from Yurko mounting Carmen, yeah. which would be like a moose hammering a squirrel. It would be like Bullwinkle nailing Rocky. And then we go to plane crash cannibalism. I mean, and by the way, Sylvie, you do have marvelous breasts. You provide a lot of food, but it'd be tough getting past those nipples. I'm telling you, it's like they're like toggle switches, man. You'd be like chewing erasers. My right one, I, got I, got du- I got a double nip on my right one too. What? Yeah. Show that to Twitch. I've told you about this before. I show it to Twitch. It's weird. I'm not showing my what? double nip. Yeah, yeah it's it's weird. Are you like the man with the golden gun, the Bond movie? Yes, yeah, nipples. Scaramanga. I don't know what happened. Or that's why. what we called my brother-in-law, Jim Beasick. We called him Scaramanga because he had oh, two underdeveloped right. nipples right. underneath his real ones. I mean, it's a condition. He's okay. Yeah, He's great. Is Scaramanga-itis? Is yeah, that it's what it is. Yeah. Scaramanga-itis. There's no doubt. Wow. Wait, did you say Rocky mounting Bullwinkle? <laughs> yeah, or Bullwinkle mounting Bullwinkle Rocky. Bullwinkle mounting Rocky. 
Oh, now, my God. An old I, you know what? Well, I, how'd you catch that? That's very good by you, Otto. What? Did, did he said that? Yeah. That was, I mean, you would have let that go normally. Oh, no. I mean, that was that was classic Gene Greco right there. <laughs> oh, jeez. No. That's, that's fantastic. So speaking of movies, you know, I was talking about Bill's Mafia being a factor. It was so great. But every time they scored against the Dolphins, they'd throw snow straight up in the air. And it reminded me of that scene from uh, Kingsman Secret Service where all the rich, powerful people in the world had those chips implanted in their neck. And then their, their heads all exploded at the same time. That's what it looked like. It was cool. I thought it was Except somebody. I, hope- throw- I thought it was an official throwing a flag every now and again. Yeah, yeah, that looked like that, too, because that's what was happening as well. Yeah. I, I didn't approve of the one guy throwing a snowball at George Pickens when he almost made that tremendous right. catch in the end zone. Because I didn't think he'd make that catch anyway, but it gave Steeler fans something to bitch about, you know. But yeah. I, I love your fan that base, was, That though. was not cool. Like, I, I, oh. like I, I, I want to... Like I, we had the discussion with Big Cat the other day, like which fan base or team would you want to adopt as a second team? Everything about like Bills Mafia, we've talked about this for the last few years, and then two about the struggle of getting over the hump. Like there's nothing not to like about the Bills fan base and the Bills team, and, and the charitable endeavors and everything else. I mean, it is absolutely spectacular, and as a Bills fan. I think our number two team is the Lions now because it's the same attitude, same kind of city. You got to embrace Dan Campbell. You know, I'm all about the Lions. But as far as being a Bills fan, look, this win against Kansas City, I mean, I wouldn't expect them to beat the Ravens in the next round. But, you know, that's just me. They could. Anything could happen. Sure, but why not? You, it, you beat the, yeah, you beat the Chiefs. You could go all the way to the Super Bowl, which would be incredible. That would erase the four falls of Buffalo for me. That would erase wide right, uh, forward lateral, more recently, 13 seconds. That would erase everything. That, that would be awesome for me. Even if they lost another Super Bowl. I mean, this game to me is more important than any of them. So, as but a the, kid the, Bills, growing, the Bills fans thing, the one thing about the Bills fans, you know, offering them 20 bucks an hour to shovel the that's seat what I was gonna and ask give you. them a sandwich and yep. stuff. Um, and, you know, you've heard all the stories about uh, neighbors of the players shoveling them out of their driveway so they could get to games the past few years. Yes. I mean, that's all cool, and it makes the fans feel even more part of the team. But, you know, Terry Pagula, like most NFL owners, the guy's a trillionaire. You should have had your own professional crew there cleaning out those seats. Yeah. I mean, this is a great story, including the fans. I mean, the Packers have made a tradition out of that. Um, I guess it's cool, but on the one hand, it, they should have already been shoveled. Now, I agree. Were you ever you know, part thing, of one of those crews when you were growing up in Buffalo? I, I was too busy doing my own driveway. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, growing up, we had snow drifts that would go over the garage roof. I'm not kidding. That's crazy. I'm not exaggerating. So you'd open the garage door, and it'd be a perfect wall of snow. So we would start tunneling and digging to see how far we could get down the driveway before it all caved in. And we almost made it to the street a few times. And the joke was, back then, they'd issue all these travel warnings, and they'd say, there are, you can't have any cars on the street except for emergency vehicles and if you belonged in a bowling league. You know, <laughs> That's great. Uh, our, old, you know. our old friend, Mark Jean Greco, joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie. I, I want to ask you, as a, as a big Bills fan who loves football and watches these games, and someone who is as good as anybody on television, and someone who still was as witty and good as you were, but worked his ass off at it, what do you think hearing Tony Romo? Oh, wow. I used to love Tony like everybody else, and I think he's just kind of digressed to just babbling and just talking in circles. And, you know, I want to love him. I want him to go back to being Tony Romo the first two seasons where he was calling every play before they happened. I think he's just – he was totally unprepared last year. and You know, Jim Nance had to cover for him. And this year I think he's more prepared, but – He's just rambling, and every single play is the turning point, epic play of the game. You know, I, I'm disappointed. I, I have to say I am disappointed. You know, he's – I've always liked him. I've, he's always been a favorite, but uh, – Doesn't do his yeah. homework. Well, I think he does more than he did last year. Last year he really got caught with his pants down making a lot of mistakes. Um, it's like I'm so critical of play-by-play guys and analysts now as I watch as a – civilian as a casual fan and 
you know, I'm embracing being a curmudgeon get off my lawn now. And I'm saying they're, they're not as good. The new wave of young broadcasters are not as good as the glory days of Summerall and, you know, and Gowdy and, you know, all these spectacular legends. There was always a cadence. They were always so great. And as far as analysts go, uh, I think uh, Greg Olson is the best. Yeah, and I hope yeah. Brady does not go to Fox and doesn't bump Greg to the number two spot because you're talking difference between three million and seven million a year for him, and it's just not fair. Uh, I think that broadcast team's pretty good, but you know the legends were so much better. I uh, this new crop, I don't see anybody who stands out, and Tony is a big disappointment. Yeah. What 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 do you make of? We had Barkley on last week, and he ripped the peacock, <laughs> yeah. the peacock stuff. What do you make of charging um, the NFL first Amazon Prime? The peacock game last week. It's it's sort of the wave that everything's going. Do you do you rip that and, and yell at the clouds? Absolutely, it's just blatant gouging. But that is the wave of the future. Pretty soon, you're going to have to pay for every single sporting event, every regular season game. That's the way it is. And I love the way NFL tried to tout it afterwards, saying 23 million subscribers and it was historic. And hey, all the other um, games had higher ratings. Okay, and you're still going to have a lot of NFL games and other major sports on network television because ad revenue is still pretty high. But eventually, it's all going to be pay-per-view, and it sucks. And it is the NFL will just gouge you to no end. It's never enough money for these conglomerates. Would never you, enough. What would you make of our Bears this season and where they sit right now, Mark? Uh, you know, they give fans hope. They're a little better, but – as you guys alluded to many times, I think I echo it wholeheartedly, uh, this whole coaching search and deciding to stick with this guy and just the way they're looking at the draft and Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, it's all half-assed stuff still. It's halfway. It's never just really be dramatic, make bold moves. It's all half-assed. And look, you know, Poles could wind up being a great GM. Uh, you know, Kevin Warren could make a great deal for the st- uh, new stadium. But at the end of the day, the McCaskies own the team. And, you know, and George is a nice guy. He's a likable little geek nerd. But, you know, he's a casual fan who happened to inherit the team. And, the, you know, there's 25 McCaskies living off it. They're never going to sell. And I think that's always going to be a problem because you've got that element up top that knows nothing about football. So you could just cycle and cycle and recycle. Um, I mean, keeping Eberflus and then looking for an O.C., I think this offensive coordinator hire is the most important hire in recent memory yeah. for this franchise because that OC has to make up for a lot of blemishes. You know, Eberflus can concentrate on defense. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know. Everybody views him as in that group of the cool, young, hip, handsome, sharp, you know, McVeigh's Lafleur, um, you know, those kind of guys, Shanahan. But I think he's overrated. I mean, was he that great at Texas A&M and USC? I mean, kind of creative offensive play calling, but also crazy stuff. Horrible head coach yeah. with Arizona. Eberflus, um, I think, would be looking over his shoulder, wouldn't be comfortable with that. Um, I don't think they're going to talk to him just to try to get intel on Caleb Williams. First of all, I don't think the Bears were smart enough to even consider that. I don't think, <laughs> Kingsbury, I don't think Kingsbury's stupid enough to give him information like that, um, you know, if he has some stuff that would be, you know, key to them deciding whether to keep the pick and take him or not, whatever. Who knows what's going to happen? I just, you know, look at the Green Bay Packers. You should pull out the old Sylvie drop. I love the Green oh, Bay yes. Packers. It's I'm terrible. sorry. Because it's unbelievable. they hit on their third straight quarterback. Yep. They've got the youngest team in the league. They've got this great core of young receivers. You know, LaFleur has done a masterful job of creating a wonderful post-Aaron Rodgers situation. It's amazing. I love watching him play. It's um, disgusting. You know. <laughs> it's dis- it's yeah. terrible. I, I can't believe it. I mean, that's the way that's the way I would feel if uh, Gerard Mayo turns around the Patriots. You know, I would hate that. Yes, yes. Because I hate the Patriots more than anything. So. And, and Belichick going to Atlanta, that's kind of weird. All right, so where, where you live now, you live right by Soldier. So what are the chances that in like seven years from now, um, to, um, one side of your building is a brand new domed 
stadium where the Bears play. And on the other side of where you live is a brand-new ballpark where the White Sox play. You buying it? Okay, first of all, there's never going to be a brand-new dome downtown. It's going to be Arlington Heights, and they're just using this as leverage back and forth. Second of all, I don't want a new Sox ballpark down the street from me. That's going to clog traffic. That's going to be a hassle for me. And plus, 60 floors up, looking north, I already have the panoramic view of the, you know, the skyline, so I don't need to go to a Sox game to have to see that. (laughs) Wait, wait wait a minute. So you think Kevin Warren is bluffing? You think he's using this as leverage? Yeah, I think it's going to be leverage to the end. I think he's going to entertain all kinds of rumors. Uh, You know, the city is going to desperately try to get back in the game, but I think eventually it's going to be Arlington Heights. So what if you what if you um, do build a dome stadium downtown? What do you do with the land you bought in Arlington Heights? Well, you just sell it. I mean, any developer will buy it and you still make a profit. It could happen, but I don't see it. I don't see it at all because you talk about a new Bears stadium. It can't be next to the old one. You still have Lakeshore Drive and the lake and all that traffic flow problem and parking and everything else. Plus... You can't build around it. You can't have shops and stores and stuff over there. That's lakefront. That's untouchable. So, Are you speaking with your head or your heart it. because you don't want all the congestion over there? No, I'm just thinking my head. I mean, my heart, you know, I'm just joking. I mean, yeah. a new Sox ballpark would be awesome because right now that's just train tracks and a couple right. of industrial buildings. But I mean with a Bears ugly. stadium. Because I, I I have flip-flopped, Mark, because I thought 98% they were going to build this up in Arlington Heights. And then Kevin Warren comes to town, and he's you know, he's got a resume with regard to building a stadium. And, and he's got a history where they agreed in the suburbs outside of Minneapolis on a deal. And he decided to yeah. shift gears, and then they built it downtown Minneapolis. And he's talked about his affinity for the city here. Now I've completely flip-flopped, and now I think it's like 98% that they're going to do it in the city somewhere. I vacillate, too, and all joking aside, you know, um, I am a proponent. I've always said you have to build your stadiums and your arenas downtown in the cities, not in the burbs. I mean, Buffalo is a perfect example. They were supposed to build a state-of-the-art stadium right on the water in downtown Buffalo. And that would have, you know gentrified and rejuvenated the entire city. They had a big scandal with the Cottrell family, uh, you know, was going to build that thing. And so then they wind up going way out to Orchard Park, and it's a terrible stadium. It's 50 years old now. And, um, you know, I'm totally against suburban venues for sports teams. They all need to be in the downtown of every market. So, yeah, I actually, you know, after all is said and done and we talk around and joke about it, I would love to see it happen. And if they get a Sox Park down here, that rejuvenates the South Loop. I've been a South Looper for 17 years. Uh, That would be great, too. Uh, That could solve a lot of problems, including crime and everything else. So I I will see. But I'm just pessimistic about all of it, you know, because – I don't want to get political because that always gets me in yeah. trouble. But we got a lot of we got a lot of issues in this city. Don't and, do it, Mark. Uh, don't do it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, I want to go down memory lane with you here in a minute. Before we do that, I want to get I, I want to get your thoughts on what happened at the United Center last Friday. Oh yeah, with oh. the with the Bulls and with uh, with the booing of of Jerry Krause, who you covered for many, many years, but he's been dead for seven years. And there was Thelma, who is on the screen and breaking down, getting emotional. What did you think of that entire ceremony where Michael and Scotty were getting inducted and neither were were even close to being at the United Center? Well, first of all, Michael and Scotty will never appear together anywhere, anytime soon, ever. I thought Michael's video was so lame and transparent. It was ridiculous. I mean, he was never going to come. I thought Rodman's video, I believed him. I, I believed that he couldn't get out, and I believed that he wanted to come. As far as the Kraus thing, it was despicable. I watched it. I wasn't there in person, but I did talk to people who were actually there. And you have to give some of the fans, I think, this is what they're telling me, the benefit of the doubt, because the way it was so ill-conceived, it was poorly planned, poorly executed, shame on them. If you're going to have a ring of honor, just put everybody up in there. And then 
worry later about who can show up and who can be there. Luke Longley shows up. They don't even introduce him. He lives in Australia, for crying out loud. <laughs> but but um, the way it was explained to me was, you know, they put the graphic up of the person being inducted up on the score. Okay, big graphic with a big picture. And then if that person was deceased or couldn't make it, they would have a family member or a friend represent, and they would show a live picture of that person. Well, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to some of the fans who didn't realize that Delma Krause was going to be there. They boo the picture. And then they show her waving her arms, hysterically crying, Ron Harper trying to console her. Oh, my God. I wanted to jump through the television. I've never been more embarrassed by this city. I think I felt the same way as everybody. But I don't think you can blame all the fans, but most of them. Look, let me say this. I covered him for many years. I was as guilty as anyone. We mocked him. He was an easy target, short, fat guy, kind of disheveled, little Napoleon. He didn't like the media. We didn't like him, and everybody kissed Michael's butt, and no one would dare, you know, say anything about Michael or take Krause's side versus Phil Jackson or Michael Jordan. They mocked him relentlessly. All Jerry ever wanted, you know, like him or not, you had to concede. This guy is a great judge of talent, both baseball and basketball. He discovered Scottie Pippen and Ozzie Guillen and a bunch of other players. And I think Reinsdorf was just a bad guy through and through. He used Krause as a shield. And, you know, nobody ever criticized Reinsdorf. And Krause took all the heat. And all Jerry Krause ever wanted was to be appreciated and acknowledged. And nobody ever gave it to him. I felt guilty. I mocked him as much as anyone, made fun of him as much as anybody. I feel horrible about it. And all these years have passed. So history should make you let it go. And that was a moment where Stacey King said it best, man. We're not Philadelphia. We're not New York. This is so embarrassing. And that notch, that knocks Chicago fans down a few pegs. Well, I think list. it's a great point. It was a, it was a moment where you should have let the angst go for at least for the moment and understand you gotta let time it go. and place. You know, Time and time heals all, and I felt guilty and horrible about it. And, you know, that was just a reminder of, man, we shouldn't have done that. That was terrible. And let me just say the last dance, written, produced by Michael Jordan, it was all through his lens. I mean, that didn't help. People who weren't around for the actual championships or who saw the last dance are like, oh, yeah, Jerry Krause. He dismantled the team. That's all he's going to be known for is dismantling the team. And he was a little jerk. And Michael was God. Well, you know, Michael Michael wasn't so great when you're dealing with people and stuff like that. No, so, he was. He could be a bully. I th- yeah. And I think I think it still portrayed him as that. I I still think yeah. it showed that that he could be that way as well. Yeah. But that was so well said about what you what you just said about Jerry Krause. Yeah. It, it, it hurt me. Yeah, it, it hurt yeah. me. And I and I felt like I, I you know I should I should have taken some blame for that. Years and years ago. It's really, really well said. I want to, we're doing this segment um, brought to you by Great Clips, our our great partners. Waddle uh, talks about them all the time. We're doing the Speaking of Great Clips, I think my hair is starting to fall out. No, no, never. Never. No, I I don't believe that's the case. I'm going to have to check out the Nutrafol thing. You know, hey, real quick, a few years ago, Brian Erlacher was in the building there, and he was on Windy City Live or something, and somebody from the newsroom came down and interviewed him, and it was after his restore thing. And somebody said, uh, hey, Brian, so now that you had the procedure, um, you know, who has better hair, you or Mark Greco? He goes, well, me, of course. I'm a lot younger. He's old. It's all going to fall off. He was just being honest. And I ran, I ran that soundbite, and to which I responded, I said, Brian, I have so much hair, I'm a donor, and you could be wearing my back hair right now in your head. So, you know. <laughs> Always, but anyway, you, you always get the, the last, last word. word. Yes. Yeah, always, always, always. <laughs> All right, so we're doing this. It's called the fifty moments of the last fifty years. This is perfect. For yeah, that we want to. Yeah. that we want to cut from our memories. So last year we did like the twenty five greatest moments of the twenty five years of ESPN one thousand. These are the uh-huh. opposite. These are like the moments we want to forget. The fifty years of the fifty moments of the last fifty years, and we've edited all of the scandals out of there. Yes. So just you know, as a yeah. as a disclaimer, we didn't go there. 
So, okay, can we edit out uh, me and Nick Friedle taking our shirts off no. and shaved? We did not. We did not include that. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to tell any stories. But that was not part of it. Yes. So you're 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 safe. So this was perfect. Right. This was the timing was perfect. Yes, we were going to do this as our number fifty moment anyway. Yes, and you just so happened to be booked for today, and you were with us live in person for this exact moment. The hype was real going into this, and I want to play you this, and then you could tell the story. The city okay. of Chicago, having obtained the least number of votes, will not participate in the next round. That was going into <laughs> all the hype as we thought yeah. we were going to get the 2016 Olympics. Summer Olympics. I yeah. forget what yeah. year that was, whether that was 2008 or 2009. We were sitting in Daly Plaza. Uh, they were right. all overseas, Rom and the entire city contingent. We thought we were going to get the Olympics. We were hanging here. out with Charlie Gibson, mm-hmm. remember, and yeah, Jane Greco. Exactly. And as soon we as the announcement, so, we were so amped up. Like you said, the network's there. This is a national yeah. event. The mayor, Daily Plaza, it's packed. And who was the head of the IOC who made that announcement? I forgot the guy's name. But after he said that, we're standing there stunned. In shock, and all I could think of was saying, "Too bad, USA." Too bad, USA. <laughs> Do you remember? That's too? exactly what it sounded like. You Too remember bad USA? You remember yeah, Mark then, Charlie Gibson, basically, who was there for Good Morning America or whatever it was, just yeah. packed his stuff up and goes, "All right, I'm out of here," and just yeah. left. And someone was like, "Charlie, can we get you? Can you join us on the show?" Merkin he goes, "No." Yeah. Merkin did. He goes, "No, I'm going to the, I'm going to O'Hare. I'm getting out of here." Yeah, and plus. It started to rain on cue, and yes. the three of us had to run back yes. to the station. Yes. Yeah, that was like a, yeah. That was a weird moment because we just assumed, you know, we're sitting there talking amongst ourselves going, this is going to be a nightmare in yeah. the city with the Olympics. Jeez. That's the other part of it. Was it a blessing in disguise that, like, at the, at the time – we were all down. I remember Rowdy Gaines trying to give everyone a pep talk at Daily Plaza. We're like, oh, oh shut yeah. up. Like, we, we, <laughs> this is a huge blow for the city. But in retrospect, was it a huge uh, blessing in disguise that the city did not get the, the Olympics? Yeah, I think so. It would have been a nightmare. I mean, after it was all over, it would have said, oh, look, we made all this money and everything else. But I think we would have messed it up. Crime would have been an issue. I, I think, you know, plus. You know, personally, it'd be like those are twenty-four hour days, and it's just like, oh my god! You know, how do you how do you keep up? And if your network doesn't have the Olympics, and you're shut out of all the events, and you got to make stuff up, and you know, that was that was kind of the deal back then. Because I remember sitting with you know Tim Weigel and Johnny Morris, the two you know legendary icons, sitting at a press table. And everybody thinks, oh, wow, you had the greatest job in the world. You get to go everywhere and do everything. I swear to God, every time there was a major event, you'd sit there and go, please lose. Please lose. No, I don't want, I don't want to do this. Please, I don't want to do this. Yeah, because a lot of it was, was crazy. It was like uh, Bob Vorwald, my great producer and longtime friend, uh, would always bring up the story of where <laughs> the Bulls are playing the Knicks in the playoffs. And I'm like... It's Mother's Day. I haven't seen my kids in a week. I am not going. I am not going. Hey, everybody, live from Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was just like, there are a lot of those. It's like, sometimes enough is enough, you know? <laughs> I, think, I still remember, I don't remember much, but what I remember, again, you guys talked about it. What I remember from that is, we actually felt like we had a really good chance, and it was like a oh, kick yeah, to the nuts. For sure. I thought like, we were getting the Olympics. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a lock. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, we're going to get it. Just deal with it. That's all. Just hunker down, yeah. and we could have some fun with some of the stuff. Like I remember when I was at NBC, um, Channel Five made the decision that they were not going to send me to the Olympics. It was just like a budget thing. I forgot where the Olympics were that year. Like, I remember this. They were in Greece or something, and they, they were not going to send me. So we did this big promo thing of he's not going to the Olympics. And so we staged it all where yep. I ran track at Northwestern, and I tripped over, you know, tried to do the high hurdles and tripped over that. And then I did the shot put where I launched it into a truck that was going by loaded with glass and smashed all the glass. And we just did all those bits of, 
he's not going, but he's still going to be on top of everything. He'll cover it all from here. You know, it was just the weirdest promotion we had done. I love those. Back then, it was so much fun. We we did all kinds. Does his name uh, ring a ring a bell? Juan Antonio Samaranch. Yes, that does for me. Samaranch. Greg Moore. Okay, okay, that was him. That was him. He was the the IOC guy. The most corrupt organization in all of sports next to the NCAA. And and FIFA, right? Meller always told us FIFA, too. FIFA is second. You're right. IOC, FIFA, NCAA. But NCAA was just, I mean, that's just a joke. But the other ones are dangerously evil. Yeah. You know? Hey, let's let's give Cutter some Olympics, and then we'll just get slaves <laughs> and have them build a stadium, and then kill them and throw them in the cement. Why would we just do that? Unbelievable! <laughs> the city of Chicago, having obtained the least number of votes, will not participate in the next round. Like the way he said it, it was like yeah. Darth Vader. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was like, ha, ha. he's like, "Hey, you dick! What did you just say? <laughs> what did yeah. you say? We thought we were gonna like at least get to the finals. Yeah. We were the first team out." The first it was like, team ha, out. Ha. Yeah. Ha ha F you Midwest. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Like, I, I don't know why. This is because I'm a weirdo. I'm telling you, the thing I remember most they, is, is Charlie Gibson just packed his stuff up and ran. Charlie Gibson. Did, didn't he say afterwards he admitted, he said, look, I'm like 86 years old. I'm going to die. I need to make sure that. Whatever country got it, got it. Was it like Argentina or Rio. Venezuela? I thought Rio. Yeah, Brazil. Yeah, yeah, Rio. So he said, you know, uh, my country needs to get it before I die. So I just rigged it. The team. It. He just admitted the, it. No, the, the city that has given me the least amount of money to make this happen <laughs> is the city of Chicago. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Super scary. Mark, Super scary. Mark you're the best. It love was great you, to catch up. We love you. Yes. Hey, love you guys more than anything. Remember, Chicago Cut, boys' night. Yes. Let's make it happen. We close the place. Yes. We, we smash windows, everything. We're, well, not, we're, do that. we're not closing the place. No. We don't, we, <laughs> maybe we'll stay out till 10. Hey, I was there a few weeks ago, and Chelios we and Roenick were there. And we, luckily, that did not get out of hand, but it could have. We were there yeah. last night with uh, Carmen and Jim Pastor, and Chelly was there, too. Said hello to him. and. Uh, Chelly lives there. He stays in the. Yeah. He sits in the booth in the bar. He never moves. Well, the you bar know. now is closed because they're doing renovations, so there's nowhere to hang out there. Oh, I know. I mean, they're going upstairs yeah. and they're moving the elevator Fat and ass. the staircase. Yeah. And, oh, it's good. Yeah, I sat with uh, Dave Flom a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be even more spectacular than it already has been. Yeah. Awesome. So, Definitely. All right, guys. I will talk good to you soon. Thanks so much for the opportunity. You got See it. Ya. Go Bills. Yeah. He's the best. A legend. I mean, like. He, he's the best to have ever done it in this city as a, a, a television uh, sportscaster. I'll go even further. I think he's the best that's ever done it in my lifetime in the United States. Like local, like from a local sportscaster? Yeah. Like I'll put him up against any of the, the heavy hitters in New York and Los Angeles yeah. and wherever. For those who aren't aware, he was on our show for, for many, many years. I shadowed him as a seventh grader. For career education in 1983, I called all the sportscasters when all of the switchboards were listed in the TV guide. I called Jack Brickhouse. No, look at you. You're, you're bothering me. I don't. We don't allow kids here at WGN. I went down the list, and there was a young up-and-coming sportscaster at NBC Five who said yes to me, and it was him. He was he, in his 20s back in the day. He has. A work ethic unlike anybody else. He's got a sense of humor unlike anybody else, and he's got a heart of gold. Yep, yep. And then I uh, then I interned for him at uh, at NBC. And then they had in fun college. with you. Yes. And, they, and, they, and they tormented. Uh, yeah, me. yeah. He and Vorwald. I had to go out and I had to go run for sandwiches. And Vorwald told me that to stay uh, several feet away from him because the last intern he. I I, I, can't, I can't even say it. No, you can't anymore. But it was he, all a big he, ruse he, and a joke. Right, and right, yeah. He, trying to get you. Inappropriately touched. Yeah. They told me, stay away from him. <laughs> the lawsuit is still pending. Yeah. But stay away from Mark. I know you knew him from when you shadowed him yeah. many years ago. Stay away from him. The lawsuit's pending. He's the best. He's the best. All right. Do you want to? Do you want to give a story or two for? You want what kind of stories you want? For, you want some, what kind of stories are you looking well, for? The, well, the Sports Illustrated story to me is is, is like for a while. Sports, Illust- uh, Sports Illustrated's uh, entire staff has been told they are getting laid off. That's a story that came out today. 
Uh, the Arena Group alerted all Sports Illustrated staffers today that their positions were being eliminated. See, this really tugs on, on the heartstrings. By the way, just real quick, some of the details. Some employees will be terminated immediately and paid in lieu of the uh, uh, applicable notice period under the union contract. Employees with the last working day of today will be contacted by uh, the people team soon. Other employees will be expected to work through the end of the notice period and will receive additional information. So I can't believe this. When you sent this to us earlier today, this was like, really? I know, like, look, I know we're segueing away from the way things used to be done. Right. But it, it just feels like, I guess it's just being naive to think that, oh, they'll never get rid of Sports Illustrated in any way, shape, or form. They'll find a way to, to, keep to, to make money digitally with Sports Illustrated. It sucks when any. A group of people get laid off no matter what. But like Sports Illustrated was the way we yeah. we consumed sports back in the day. Like to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated was more than just being on the cover of a magazine. It was like a weekly honor, wasn't it? Yeah. Like if your team or your favorite player was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, it was a big award. Oh, my God. There's Michael's on the cover again. Oh, my God. The Cubs are on the cover. The Sox are on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The Bears are on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Oh, and by the way, did you see the swimsuit edition? Yes. Every February, wasn't it? I think so. Sir, right after, shortly after the Super Bowl. I mean... That's how they sold subscriptions, oftentimes. You would... You would and then, like, the, the way they would enhance you and... and um, sort of bribe you to to subscribe to Sports Illustrated with, hey, uh, you can get this football phone. Or, oh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like all the different things. Who doesn't things. want a football phone? Yes. Not brand only new, do, not Brand only, new pair of Zubas. Right, you're right. Not only do you get 58 issues for the price of blah, 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 but you get this football phone. I want the football phone. You keep the magazine. That's what they... And we'll throw in the yearly... Swimsuit edition at no cost. All that, you know, and you're like, I got got a call. I'm subscribing to Sports Illustrated. But don't stop now because we'll throw in this free pair of your favorite team Zubas. Yes. I remember all the dads at, like, the baseball games and the SI, uh, like, pullovers or windbreakers. Remember those? That's what I mean. They would entice you. It was, and then you'd wait at the mailbox for your Sports Illustrated because there was no internet. And then you would read it. Then, and like, like Danny said, uh, if it were was, you guys subscribers to oh, Sports oh, Illustrated, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And 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 it wasn't just the main stories. It was the faces in the crowd. Mm. Who was this guy from Minneapolis who had a track record at this local high school? Or Rick Riley's piece at the. You know, he would write an editorial. Did or you something get it like first, that. or was it something that your father would? He would read it he first the and then give it to you. No, he had the Playboys. Oh, the Playboys. Yeah, my dad subscribed to the Playboys. Okay, so you were I, the, the articles, articles, right? Yeah. Real? Okay. I don't know. No, I, I don't I, think. Wait, it was. Like, if they were delivered on the same day, would you still take the Sports Illustrated and not the the Playboy if you got the mail? Um, we would find a way. Like, I had a friend who whose whose dad also got the Playboys. Um, that we were Playboys were easily. Accessed for us when we were. I'm just younger. saying, like if but you I, were, I was if you're a sports home, nerd. You're home. Mail guy drops off the mail. Dad's at work. I was Mom's sports, not around. I was a sports. So, nerd. so you're saying, like, if you yeah. brought the mail into the house, put it on the kitchen table, and you plop down a Playboy, that's a subscription to Dad, and you plop down the Sports Illustrated. You're taking the Sports Illustrated into your bedroom. At, at 12 or 13, I was like the awkward sports nerd. Okay. That's the question. At what age did you start to shift away from the Sports Illustrated as your first and two overall play draft pick? And go, oh, you know what? SI's pretty cool. I or, can come could, back or it couldn't tempt you until your dad started getting the subscription to Wii sent to the house. <laughs> I've never, I've never O-U-I, opened a Wii. Right, Waddle? O-U-I? I've never seen yeah. no, it. Define French Wii, publication. Wii, Wii. Yeah. When, when the first time that I saw, I told you this. It wasn't Penthouse. It was Hustler. Oh man, you the went from zero to a hundred. The first time that I saw Hustler, 
That was the game changer. I'm like, what, That's like, what is this? Listen, my friend, like, like, when you ride a bike, you don't go straight from not riding a bike to a dirt bike. You got to ride the bike with the training wheels, and then, you know, you learn how to drive or ride the other bike, and then you get to the 10-speed. I told you it was Aaron Hodges and Mark Baba. Both listen to the show from time to time. Stellan will text me. They, at a young age in grammar school, showed me the Playboy. And they would go right to the centerfold. And they would un- unfurl the centerfold. And like, okay, w- we would see the centerfolds. But when the first time someone showed us that hustler. It made you feel different, didn't it? it, it, it different it, it, sensation went through your body. It was a, it co- a complete game changer. Before the internet, before like any sort of like movies or yeah. anything, you saw that hustler magazine and you're like, what the hell is going on here? And why do I feel Sylvie's this way? Sylvie's 11 or 12. He goes yes. home and he says, hey, Dad, you ever thought maybe of switching it up a little bit? Maybe subscribing to Hustler this you'll, year? You'll never forget the first time you see a spleen. Why can't I just reminisce about Sports Illustrated? Why did you have to go to, to, to Playboy and, and Hustler? I don't know. Because what I do. Why can't I just have good old-fashioned fun on Sports Illustrated? I think you need to get out of your comfort zone every now and again. Straight to Hustler. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. 312-332-3776. And something to think about later. What was? What would you rather have go back to yesteryear? Like the Sports Illustrated days. What would you like uh, to, to bypass with technology? Or what was better... Several years ago so than it is now. This isn't just about eliminating something. This is about... What was better in, in past years than it is currently? Anything. It could be anything in, in any life. Like, uh, it, 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 it doesn't have to be technology. What was better back then than it is now? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. All right? So think about that. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Waddle's World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. And to find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Uh, just a quick injury report for you here as well before we get to a little something we like to call Florida or Ohio. Uh, in the Bills game, Coach McDermott has ruled out wide receiver Gabe Davis, safety Taylor Rapp. Cornerback Christian Benford and linebacker Balin Spector. They will not play in the game against Kansas City. And that injury report brought to you by Costa Ivone Personal Injury Lawyers. Had a lot of stuff for you, too. In, in, in fact, something that you mentioned on the way home last night is I could barely understand you. Uh, but I was slurring? You were slurring. But as I was driving you and you said to me, did you see this story about the Miami tight end? Cam McCormick was granted a ninth year of eligibility. Nine years eligibility. Nine years. It's Nine. incredible, isn't it, these days with the COVID years, injury years, redshirt years. He began his career at Oregon in 2016. Missed significant parts of four different seasons due to injuries, which along with his redshirt year and the COVID year of 2020, allowed him to petition the NCAA for an unprecedented ninth year of eligibility. You get it, my friend. Go. Like If you can stay in college for nine years. My buddy Phil Vogel stayed in for six, I think. You sure? But this dude, go get it, Cam McCormick. To his brother just got denied, I think, a sixth year. Did and this I? Guy, yeah, and this guy just got accepted a, a ninth. And I think Saban wrote him a letter, like, to the NCAA to try to push for to his brother to get another year. The one who was quarterbacking Maryland? Yeah, Talia. Unbelievable. All right, that's all I got for you because it's time for some nonsense. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. 
maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. You think Paula Ferris knows that she's part of the Open from Florida or Ohio? And she's always, like, talking about... You know, she stepped away from the business now. Right, she's and got she's her own business. Podca- yeah. Podcast, and she's always talking about, like, you know, being grounded, yes. being balanced. Yes. and we're, She's got a very successful business. I just wondered whether or not... We're playing that. Yeah. Remember when we... You remember when we were... Where we were when she... Ah. We, we were in Bristol, right? Doing the show in Bristol. When she swore. Yes. That was so funny. Mm-hmm. Good times. All right. Sorry, Tyler. Back to you. Woman's fraudulent urine sample for drug what? court came from a dog. That's creative. So she's probably meeting with her parole officer, right? A woman admitted to law enforcement that she plotted to hand over dog urine instead of her own in an attempt to pass a court-ordered drug screening. I Listen, I understand. I mean, I think it's a good try. I don't know that you can detect it's dog urine versus you, human war, I, I, uh, urine. I, I, I'm wondering if you can. You've got to be able to, right? Where's the vet out there? I'm assuming that, like, I'm assuming that, that like, this is a pretty basic test. You're just trying to determine whether or not there is, you know, the, there's any type of drug in the urine. I'm detecting Alpo in here. Yeah, the part of it there is that she admitted that it, she was going to give dog She didn't urine. need to. Why did she do it? Why did she sell herself know. out? Maybe she was on drugs. She cracked <laughs> under the pressure. She choked. I mean, like, that's like turning yourself in. Standing citizen. Yeah, Some you know what? This is take dog, the heat of the bright light. This is dog whiz. This isn't from me. Like, that sound, that sounds like, that really sounds like, Cincinnati stupid. <laughs> it really does. Like, I think you'd go into the Cincinnati Corrections Department and there's a picture of her on the wall. I'm going to go Cincinnati. I'm going yeah. hometown. This is this is panhandle stupid. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Pan, but the panhandle's not the whole, what it was years and years ago. What does that mean? The, the panhandle has exploded with affluency, if that's a word. <laughs> The entire panhandle? Well, I'm telling you, like, it, the panhandle now is, like, it ain't the Redneck Riviera as it was I, once oh, You labeled. said that. I didn't call it that. I'm going panhandle. That's what it was called. Yeah, I think you've got much too low opinion of uh, your hometown, Waddle. I'm going to side with Sylvie here and go with Florida. It took place in Clearwater, Florida. Yeah, uh, Tampa, right. near the home office. The home office for Florida or Ohio? Yes, isn't it? Tampa? You're right. Don't I've never heard that? of it referred yeah, to as the home office. That a couple times. Like that. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Tampa is the home office. I think Cincinnati and Cleveland are a little jealous. But you know what? Get you crazy on a little bit. Maybe we'll move the home office. There was a uh, there was a picture of Baker Mayfield going around Twitter. Uh, a picture of him when he was in Cleveland with the mustache, the bad mustache, the the gross jacket yeah. and he looked cold and and just unkempt and 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 that's when he was bad and then a picture from the other day where he looked really healthy really clean and now he's slinging it with a box yeah and it's it, like the caption read the difference between living in florida or ohio f- florida rather than ohio and someone sent it to us saying florida or ohio that it was really well done. that is good yeah all right, uh, Doug Kazarian coming up. Want to take these calls? What was stuff like based on the Sports Illustrated bad news today? What was better back in the day than it is now? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Simpler and better. What was better then than it is now?